Welcome to the show called Let's Talk Homeschool. I'm Davis and I'm with my lovely wife, Rachel. We're your host. This is the show where we talk about everything homeschooling, the how, what, when, where, and why. We want to affirm and encourage you in the decision to homeschool. We also want to challenge and inspire you to take it to new heights. And finally, we want to celebrate everything you get to experience in this adventure of a lifetime. Welcome to episode number 41. COVID-19 changes education forever, and it's about time. This is part two of a two-part series. Okay, Rachel, let's talk homeschool. So in part one, we talked about what just happened. Mm -hmm. COVID-19 brought everybody home to school at home, and the three million families that were homeschooling now suddenly went to 60 million. Right. Everybody in the U.S. was in this boat. Right. They were having their trial run, their mandatory test drive, mm-hmm. uh, having to figure it out. So today, let's continue the conversation. How many of these families that were required to school at home will continue come this fall? What are we hearing? Well, you know, we don't actually know. I think the polls are encouraging, though. I really think, like we talked about last time, I, th- I think by and large, the $60 million you just talked about probably would not have ever taken a test drive unless they'd been forced to do right. so. And so they were forced to do so. And I think they were forced to do so in a very interesting context, and that's when everybody else was forced to do so. So... You weren't going to have your friends criticizing you, right, because you test drove this thing called school at home or homeschooling. Your friends were doing it too, so nobody could be right. criticizing, nobody could be making fun of, nobody no could be... That's right. Nobody could be wagging a finger, right? We were all in this together. So I think that's kind of the good thing, because not only were we all in this together, we were all in this together in our individual homes. Right. So. That meant that in individual homes, individual families had to figure out what this was going to look like. And so that really made for more of a real try run. How does this work? How can this work? So some of the polls are saying that when they've asked the parents, so what are you going to do this fall? Somewhere between 40, 60 percent are saying they're going to keep homeschooling in the fall. Well, it's interesting. The first two polls I saw said that 22% and 30% of families were going to continue this fall. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I'm an advocate and proponent for homeschooling. Sure. I thought that would be great, but I, I didn't believe those numbers. I thought, there's no way it's going to be that many. There's a lot, yeah. Because people are going to get cold feet. They'll get scared. Mm-hmm. They're kind of surprised that people this early are saying. Right. But then a USA Today poll came out saying 41%. Right. And then there was another poll saying 60%. I know. So... The numbers are high they in are. all the surveys that are happening right now. And so there's there's actually good indications that a very large percentage of these families could continue come this fall. Okay, it almost makes me giddy. I mean, you know me. You know how we got here, and you know how exciting it is to me personally when I start talking to someone who's oh, thinking yeah. about homeschooling. I mean, I just get so excited for them. Because of all the good things that can I happen know. to their family, to I their know. kids, to their faith. To them, I just it just makes me so excited. And not because I am oblivious or I'm brain dead or I have short-term memory loss. I remember how hard this has been. I remember... How, how hard it still is. And we only have two here. I get that there's no fairy dust. There's no magic wand. 
It's not easy. It's challenging every day, every year, but it's glorious to get to see what God is doing here in the hearts and minds of my children, in my heart and mind, and us together as a family, the memories that we're building, the conversations that we're having. I want that for other people. I can't help it. So it gets, it gets me very exciting when I think of all of these people really daring to consider stepping out on this journey of faith. Well, well me too. I, I'm very excited. And it seems as though whether it's 20, 40, or 60% or less than that, sure. if only 5 or 10% right. of the 50 plus million that suddenly found themselves homeschool decide to continue this fall, yeah. the homeschool population will see a huge spike in population. Yeah. So why would families decide, yeah, Let's do this Let's again do this. come fall. And, you know, that that's a great question. And I'm going to say something that maybe will shock even you. I don't know that their initial why matters as much as their long-term why. It was our own experience that we started reluctantly, mm-hmm. but we continued for completely different reasons. Exactly. And, and it happens with many families. So exactly. we can actually relate with people today who are who started against their will. Sure. But now had some kind of experience and they're saying they'll continue probably for different reasons. Well, but what I was going to say is I, I think some people may start this fall because of the potential psychological and emotional impact of a of an elementary school kid right. being forced to stay six feet away from their friends and wear a mask all day. Right. The impracticality would, of The it impracticality all. of that, but just the... Like I said, the psychological mm-hmm. and emotional impact, that concerns me. Yeah, health reasons. And I think that would be a legitimate reason to keep your kindergartner home, sure. right? Um, some people might be keeping their kids home this fall out of legitimate fear because of the virus. They might be keeping their kids home this fall because um, their kid didn't have a positive experience with the Zoom option or whatever. It, there could be a variety of Some different reasons. Some schools may not even open, making it possible. Fair enough. So I think there are many reasons why they might start or might say, we're just going to do this for a year, right? right? And I don't really necessarily think the initial why is as significant as the long-term why. I would agree. And I, because our initial why, and when we started, and it's funny for me to remember this, we our mantra at the beginning was surely you can't mess up kindergarten. Right, one year at a time, and this is it, one and done. Yeah, we were really just like just for kindergarten. I mean, we're bright enough. Surely between the two of us, we're bright enough to trudge through kindergarten. And yet, it became a definitive, transformational point in our marriage and our family, and so we kept with it. So I think there are a variety of reasons why people might begin this year. I think maybe they have. Uh, figured out the read aloud revival idea. They've read some amazing books together and that's been awesome. They learned like you referenced last time how to ride a bicycle. Maybe they've done some family bicycling together. Yeah, family hiking, family walks, family yard projects. They're getting sleep, right? They're Mm -hmm. finding that they're well rested and their kids are not as cranky. Perhaps they've had an opportunity to work on some relationships within the home. You and I, we've talked about this in the past. We've put a high priority in our home on sibling relationships. And one thing I don't think the school system helps is sibling relationships because everybody's going in a different direction. But my goodness, when you're home all the time, you have an opportunity to work through some issues together and to value each other, work on communication, conflict, confrontation. Living together. All of those things. And so 
that's another thing that people might, they might really go, wow, this is amazing. We're getting along better than we ever had. We're playing games together, right? I mean, there could be a variety of reasons. Well, as to your point about the family lifestyle, I do believe, based on what I've heard, that many families experienced a strengthening of their family bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, their priorities got back in line with things that actually matter. Sure, their paradigm shifted in terms of what's possible right. uh, in terms of education and being at home together. So those are some things we're hearing that could certainly say, you know, our quality of life was better. Let's you know keep going mm-hmm. since there's no great incentive to go back right. to the old way. Right. But let's go over a few other ideas that we might present for our listeners as to why homeschooling would be good for their family, good for their students, good for themselves. What are some other positives? Well, I think one thing that the the institutional educational model does not generally accommodate and that or nurture and that is a love of learning. That there's yes. not this you don't meet very many school age kids that can't wait to get to school. You you just don't hear that. And in fact, as a former high school history and English teacher in my life before being a stay-at-home homeschool mom, I remember just loving high school kids and talking to them. And since then, I've still loved talking to young adults and high school kids. And I always like to ask them, you know, what are you learning in school? And what do you love about school? And I don't know the last time I have talked to an institutionalized student who loves school. And there's just no excuse for that. I mean, kids arrive on the scene like a blank sheet of paper. And you remember when our kids all turn two-ish, right? And they enter that question phase where they want to know about everything. They're so curious. They have a million questions. And what an opportunity. And they're trying to learn about all the world around them. And they come pre-wired with questions and curiosity and I believe they come pre-wired to do something glorious for God. And so to really be able to nurture a love of learning, you can do that when you home educate. You don't have to kill the love of learning, the joy of learning. You don't have to extract it. You can actually fan those flames right. and create that learning environment at home. What an opportunity. Well, it's so true. And you know, speaking of you know, the love of learning, kids like being at home. They, they, they love being home. They would much prefer, as a general rule, to ask mom or dad questions because it's safe. Right. Uh, they know their mom and dad love them, care about them. And as a parent, you do. Yeah. And I, I would never question a parent's love for their kid. And so there's this natural built-in incentive for both you as a parent and your kids as the students to work together, to ask questions together, to answer questions, to learn and study and discover all that God's creation has to tell us. Uh, One of my uh, things that I'll put on the list here, just as almost a little bit of fun, is that by homeschooling, you'll actually lower your family's carbon footprint. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Think of all the gas you save, not driving and standing in line, dropping your kid off and picking them up. Think of all those buses that are out there just burning gas that didn't while back. Mm-hmm. And think of the fact that the institutionalized public and private brick and mortar model 
requires another building. Right. You already have a building. You're right. in it right now. You're in right. home with a bathroom, a cafeteria, right. a playground, everything at your immediate disposal at no extra cost to taxpayers or to, you know, carbon footprint, you know, people who worry about that. On a more serious note, one of my favorite aspects of home education is that it can allow for individualized and customizing right. the education for each of your individual students. Mm-hmm. It's not that whatever you do for your oldest child, you have to do for the middle and the younger. Right. You can customize it to each of those students individually based on their interest, their skills, their aptitude, their motivation. Right. And you can go at a pace that they're ready for at a given time. If they're sick, you can slow it down and customize the, the daily and weekly schedule based on travel schedules, extenuating circumstances that a school system wouldn't be aware of. You can skip lessons. Yes. If they get the concept, you don't have to beat a dead horse. You can move on. I mean, there's so many things that you can do on an individualized basis. Right, and in the end, you can have this vision of developing masters in their field of expertise. Right, right. By getting lots of practice, lots of study, lots of real-life learning Mm -hmm. on a given field of interest. Well, and related to that, and you can allow time for self-directed projects and all kinds of things that they're interested in. So if they want to become an excellent artist, they can have an inordinate amount of time to draw. If they want to become a master Lego builder, they can have an inordinate amount of time to build with Legos. If they want to become a master baker, I remember, I think several of our kids went through the bread making (laughs) phase, right? And I remember it because of the mess that they would leave in their wake, right? But they get to explore those things. For so many young people, they haven't had the chance to explore a variety of things. And they arrive at young adulthood and they don't know what they want to be. Well, just speaking of baking, you know, one of the big search items during the COVID-19 sheltered home was recipes. Right. And of course, I don't know if you know, but quick trivia, what was one of the most popular recipe searches? Banana bread. I know. Of course, Rachel makes a mean banana bread. (laughs) Uh, But lots of families were cooking at home trying to figure out just the new meal plan routines. Right. What a great homeschooling opportunity. (laughs) I know, right? Taking them to the grocery store, meal planning, all of those kind of things. I just think in homeschooling, you can help your kids chase a variety of different things. Our sons even went through, I don't even know what it's called, when you take a bug and you spread it out for display. I forget what that's called. But they actually went through that phase where we were collecting bugs so fast and they were rehydrating them and getting these pens and displaying them. I don't think either of them are going to do that for a living. But we went through that phase, and what a glorious thing to learn with them, all of these different things and all of these different supplies. And now we go to museums, and they look at that and have such an appreciation for the time that it took to do that. So you have an opportunity to really nurture, again, and fan the flames of a love of learning. Exactly. So one of the things Rachel and I would really want to encourage all of you to do right now, if you're one of the families that have found yourself in this mandatory trial run of home education, you're seriously thinking about doing it this fall, now is the time for you to make your own list. Fresh. Because in a two or three months, you might forget all the reasons why you're so excited about continuing right now. So get a pen, get a paper, type in however you want to keep those notes, 
your own personalized list, all the reasons why you want to continue homeschooling this fall. Make it far-reaching. Get Put 20 things down, 30 things down, 40 things down. Make a nice list. Know where that's at because there's going to come a time this August or September where you need to pull that out mm-hmm. so that you don't get cold feet, so that you don't chicken out, because so that the peer pressure of friends who are sending them back doesn't start to feel too strong, um, making you question that idea. I want to say, I really do believe, like I said earlier, I really do believe this has been a cosmic pause where God is giving fathers and mothers the opportunity to call their hearts back home and to take an opportunity to reassess what their priorities are and what they need to be going forward. What do they really need to focus on? What do they really need to invest time in? I'm here to tell you, as the homeschool mother of seven children, you will never regret the time that you will spend with your kids exploring these things. Exactly. So why is it time for change? You know, The title of this two-part series has been COVID-19 Has Changed Education Forever. No doubt about that. And it's about time. Mm-hmm. So let me just hear me out here on the potential sales pitch that a public school might give. They would say, hey, we'll teach your kids so you don't have to. That sounds pretty good. What's the, the private school has a variation of that. They say, we'll teach your kid better so you don't have to. Oh, but it'll cost you tens of thousands of dollars per kid per year. Well, if you get right down to it, both of those pitches sound kind of empty, void of purpose and meaning. So as you consider continuing to homeschool this fall, think of it this way. You can enjoy a vibrant relationship with your children, that relationship piece, while guarding their hearts, stimulating their minds educationally, and protecting their bodies from COVID-19, from bullies, from other predators that are out there. Now, all this does come at a cost. You as the parent need to direct and or teach. Now, a year ago, you might have said, no, I hear you, but... It's not worth the sacrifice. Today, you might be thinking differently, and that's where we want to encourage you to not give up. So, Davis, what would you say to the dads out there whose wife is like, please, please, can we try this, please? I mean, I know maybe there's a wife out there who's wanted to do this all along, and the husband hasn't wanted to. Now they've done this test run, this test drive that you refer to. What would you say to the dads out there on behalf of the moms who really want, who get a vision for this and really want to do this? I would even say on behalf of the kids who want to be home, what would you say to the dads? Because so often the dads are the sticking point. Well, yes. Most of the homeschools that have failed and ended were mm-hmm. because the dad wasn't supportive. I know. So dads, you've got to look at what is actually important. Mm. Are you going to value a career over the relationships? Do you like the quality of life that you've just had by slowing down a bit and spending time together and having some shared memories, doing things with your wife and kids? If so, you can have it again. Yeah. It doesn't have to come to an end. Don't go right back to an American badge of honor of busyness. Right. Really stop and look at what's what's important, what's timeless, what's eternal. And that's largely the relationship with your wife 
and your kids. What are some resources you would point a dad to who's floundering, right? Because, I mean, I know that even you as a successful businessman, you know, you come along other men, right? Where do your kids go to school? And here you're the homeschool dad. Men want statistics. Men want graphs. Men want data. Is this successful, Davis? Can I responsibly home educate my kids with pride knowing that we're giving them a really good education, that we're really preparing them for the future? Yeah, the, the numbers and the research clearly show that homeschooling works, and it works really well. Uh, colleges are marketing aggressively to homeschoolers because they make fantastic college students. Vocations and businesses are marketing for homeschooling students, whether or not they have a college degree, because they are responsible, they are hard workers, mm-hmm. they show up, they work, they show up on time, manage their time, do they manage their time well? So, yeah, their homeschooling is a great path mm-hmm. to prepare your kids for adulthood and for work and for life. So, okay, so I've just asked you what you would say to the dads, but here's something I want to say to the dads as a mom. So just to review, I didn't want to home educate, right? You were very bold and courageous that day when you said to me in our public school crisis of pulling our kid out, you looked at me and you said, what about homeschool? And that took a lot of courage by you to say that. And I want to say to these dads, I want to say to these dads, I really believe the buck stops with you. And I want to encourage you to have the courage, the courage to lead your family, that your heart would turn to the hearts and the minds of your children, that God, that you would allow God to use this to change your trajectory, that you would be the bold leader of your home and encourage your wife. How many times did I call you just going, oh, this is what a bad day, it's awful. <laughs> and you were so good to stand strong and trust God, not because you had it all figured out, not because I had it all figured out, but because you trusted God. And I think that's the key. At well, the we're, end of the day. we were figuring it out. I didn't have all the answers at the beginning. I no. was having to, in a sense, talk myself into it as well in the sure. first two or three years. Sure. And, so you're probably going to have a similar experience if you just finished your first two or three months of homeschooling. Right. As you go through this second full year, you may run into some rocky places, and you're going to have to turn to some friends who are supportive of homeschooling. Right. And you're going to have to maybe go to a homeschool conference, read some blogs, change the curriculum. But that's a great benefit of homeschooling. Right. You can be flexible and nimble and change quickly because you're in charge. And you're going to have to feel a little bit of the freedom, but that's a good thing as well. Mm -hmm. So, listen, Rachel and I are homeschool advocates. We're homeschool proponents, so no apologies from us. This fall, pull out your list. Remind yourself why you said, yeah, we're going to do this again this fall. And have a family meeting where you all get together and you tell yourself, this is going to be a great year. We're going to continue. And here's what we learned from the spring that we're going to adjust for this fall to make it a great family home education experience. And here's what I would end with. I believe every family should do this thing called homeschooling. There's too many reasons why it's the best choice for kids. Plus there's a plethora of high quality curriculum, co-ops, online academies, conferences, blogs, and resources. Therefore, I can say with absolute confidence, 
Mom, Dad, you can do this. So take a deep breath, exhale, relax, and feel the freedom. Because ladies and gentlemen, if there was ever a time to homeschool, it is now. Well, folks, that's the end of part two of two. Oh, always hard to bring these conversations to a close. As Rachel said, we love talking homeschool. This is Let's Talk Homeschool, and we are your hosts, Davis and Rachel Carmen. We want to thank our sponsor, Apologia Educational Ministries. Their mission is to help homeschooling families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith. Now, they have a lot of number one awards, over 110 over the last 13 years in creation-based science and Bible curriculum. That's why they're the number one publisher of those topics. Go to Apologia.com a great place to explore creation. Have a great day, and until next time, we are walking by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of the left.